Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks to uh, everyone who's reviewed and rated the show too and joining our Facebook group. Love all the support that's out there. Facebook.com slash group slash Photo Taco if you want to join. All right, this week's topic comes from a lively discussion we had on that Facebook group. It was started with a question from Randy Narker. Sorry, Randy, I hope that's how you say your name. And he asked, should I get flashes with TTL or is manual sufficient? This is assuming I have a trigger that can adjust from on camera. I was planning on getting three flashes. Should I consider one with TTL and two manual? Not shooting events right now, just shooting portraits and product. We'll likely shoot events in the future. Great question, Randy, and I I want to attack some of these flash topics because I think it's something that I know I was scared to death to get into. I was scared to death to try to figure it out. I felt like I had conquered my camera. I was shooting all manual. I understood everything that was in there, I, all the menu settings. I finally got to the point where I'm like fully confident I know how to use the camera. And then I started looking at flash and went, oh gosh, this is another thing I just don't even understand. There's terms I don't understand. Oh, why does it have to be so hard? And it, it, it turns out not to be that hard, I think. I think once you have someone kind of walk you through it just a little bit, just help a small amount, you get it. And it's not too not too bad. And it can really improve your portrait photography. It's, it's amazing what that'll do for portrait photography. I also want to thank Nick McDonald. Um, he jumped in on the Facebook group and really provide a lot of great information. He's a good photographer, really technical. Uh, he does a great job and helps me correct me when I misstate things, which happens too much. <laughs> anyway, thanks Nick for the help on this. He, he jumped in and provided a lot of support. Uh, let's start by explaining TTL because by the question and by some of the uh, other people that ended up in this thread in the Facebook group, I could tell there's a misunderstanding between TTL and remotely controlling your flash, especially the power, remotely controlling your the power on your flash. They are not the same thing necessarily. So first off, TTL, what it stands for, you know, until I was preparing for this podcast, I had never investigated what TTL stood for. Heard the term, heard it used in context, understood what it means, but never figured out what the acronym is, which is something that's really funny. Happens a lot in technology. Uh, where I use uh, an acronym and I have no idea what it stands for. I just know what it is. And that's how TTL come to be. But I looked it up and TTL, strangely enough, it stands for through the lens. (laughs) That was disappointing to me. (laughs) TTL stands for through. I was looking for some like technical thing, some some really technical term. I was even trying to guess what would TTL stand for? And it's just through the lens. Wow. Okay. (laughs) But what I want to compare TTL to auto modes on your camera, because hopefully that's something that you understand pretty well. If you're listening to these podcasts, you probably already are to the point where you understand what auto modes are on your camera and what they're doing. If you're running shutter mode, shutter priority mode, then you are doing the shutter speed and the camera's gonna, through the light meter, it's gonna decide what the aperture should be set to and vice versa, in aperture priority, the camera's gonna decide what the shutter speed should be. And all of those components that go into the the, um, exposure triangle, your camera's deciding on some of those values when you use auto modes, semi-auto modes like that. 
same thing, a very similar concept is happening with flash. When you have TTL, your flash power, the power that your flash is using, whether it's full power, uh, half power, quarter power, you know, it goes in those increments, it goes down from full to in increments down to a, a certain a small amount of power. The, the power setting on the flash, how bright it's gonna be when it pops, is gonna be controlled by your camera and, and changed by your camera every time you go to shoot, every time you press the shutter button. It's going to change, evaluate kind of the scene, evaluate the lights that's there, and it is going to set the flash to make so that the scene will be properly exposed according to what the light meter says. Okay, sounds like a really great thing, right? Why wouldn't you want that? Well, it's a similar thing about shooting your camera. Why wouldn't you want your camera to take over part of the settings? Why wouldn't you want your camera to decide if you're shooting an aperture priority to, to decide the shutter speed? If you're trying, the only thing you care about controlling right now is depth of field. If your people aren't moving and there's plenty of light outside and you're, you just want to make sure that you control the depth of field, yeah, let the camera decide what the aperture, or sorry, the shutter speed should be. Why wouldn't you do that? It's the same reason. If you want to have more control over things, then you, you don't want TTL to be used and have your flash power be changing without you saying it should be changed. Okay, so it's not an argument for or against TTL. I personally would rather have the control. I personally prefer to shoot in manual mode on my camera most of the time too. I don't use aperture or shutter priority all that often. I do use it, but just not that often. It's a, a rare kind of environment and circumstance where I will decide to do that. Same with TTL. Um, I prefer to manually set that, to change it myself and not have it be there, mainly because I worry that the light meter, it, it, it just has struggles. It really has a hard time in being consistent in making it so that it will not change things just because something, some bright light suddenly appeared or you shifted your position just a little bit and now your light meter, uh, the values and what your light meter sees changed. Even though your scene is really a lot the same, your light meter saw something different because of your shift and wherever you are and now uh, now it's changed something different from what it was two or three shots in a row. It all of a sudden will have something wacky different. And um, so the consistency can be a problem. And, and with flash, uh, maybe I'm just not good enough with it. That's totally possible. But I really prefer to manually control the power settings of my flash. All right. So that's kind of what TTL is. Auto mode for flash. Being able to automatically set the flash power according to what the light meter in the camera says. All right. But as we were discussing this in the Facebook group, um, we had Keith Mackey came um, and, and asked a question about it, or, or he, is, he stated his preference for TTL. He said that he prefers TTL so that he doesn't have to walk over to flashes and change their settings, especially if they're in something like a softbox. Trying to get in there to change the settings of your flash while it's in a softbox is not, not easy, not, a, not something that uh, you'd want to do. And that made us say, hey, Keith, you know, they're not the same thing. Just being able to remotely change the power settings on your flash, you don't have to have TTL for that. Um, you know, we're just trying, it's not to say that that's a dumb thing or anything, Keith. We're not, <laughs> we're not trying to tear anybody down here. Um, they're just, they're, they're not 
always the same thing. TTL is one way that you can remotely change the power of your flash. You don't actually change it, the camera does, but, um, but that's only one way. The other way is through something that we call a flash controller. And so you can still remotely change the power on your flash. And I love the YN560TX controller for my YN560 flashes. The way this works is not that tough to get set up. And that's maybe that's why I like it. And let's, let's go through kind of how this is working overall with flashes not being on your camera. Or let's talk first about flash being on your camera. When it's there and you have the flash on the hot shoe in your camera, your camera, when you push the shutter button, a signal, if you've enabled flash, a signal is going from your camera to the flash through the pins in the hot shoe, right? Some, it, it's sending a signal and it's triggering saying, okay, flash, fire. And you can change the settings there because the flash is right there on your camera, right? You can, you can be like, oh, that was too bright. I'm going to lower the power. And you just you take your camera down from your eye. You push a button on the flash, ding, 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 lower the, the flash power, raise the camera back up to your eye, boom, flash. And pop the flash again and see if, if you've got it better. That's how on-camera flash works. Well, off-camera flash can be exactly the same process if you have radio controlled flashes and a flash controller in place. So what the flash controller is, is it's a, a little device that you stick in the hot shoe of the camera and it has an LCD panel on it. Um, and then you can usually, well, at least with the YN560TX, you, can't, you have flash groups that you can put even an, a large number of flashes into different groups. And then you can go through the groups and for the entire group, you can change the power levels right there from that little device that's in your hot shoe. And what it's doing is communicating with the flashes via radio. It's communicating it on shutter press. It's sending the shutter press signal to the flashes and triggering them to pop through radio. It's also doing it through radio with changing the power settings. So you can go through those groups of flashes on the controller and change the power settings and it transmits the signal through radio out to those flashes and says, lower your power or raise your power to a certain level by just exactly the same thing. So it's very similar to that function when the flash is in the hot shoe, you can change the power setting and the, the controller will send a signal out to the flashes in a group on a specific channel and instruct it of how to change. And that can be done all without TTL. I do not own a flash that has TTL and I am able to control. I've done as many as three in a shoot, um, but you can do way more than that. You can put more, you can put lots of flashes into a group and be able to control a huge number of flashes with a single controller as long as they are all set up to have the right channel and group settings. And, uh, and that's how it works. So I, I thought I'd clear that up just a little bit on the, on the podcast here, talk about how it is that that works so you can understand the difference between TTL and just remote management of a flash because they're not, you don't have to have TTL for it to work. Full manual flashes, all they have to have is be able to talk together. So, and that's kind of the last point I wanted to bring up. You don't have to use young Nuo devices. We tend to talk about them on the podcast because they have kind of the best price to performance ratio of pretty well anything that's that we've tried. 
there's other non uh, non main brand off brand kind of manufacturers that do some some quality flashes too. But in general, they seem to be like for the price about the best thing that we we've found to get. Now you can buy name brand, you can buy Canon or Nikon flashes, and uh, they are significantly more expensive, and they have other features. But um, but if you're going to do manual, which you know I'm saying you should try, <laughs> if you're going to do manual, there's it's not really worth the extra money for those bigger flashes. Um, you know some durability stuff might come into play, although we tend we don't haven't seen a lot of that be be a, a reason to pay for the bigger flashes and not a lot of extra functionality either. So, um, you know, it's up to you. You're going to, you need to decide it's, it's the similar thing about using third party or off brand name things for anything, whether it's SD cards, which we don't recommend or, <laughs> or batteries or, or whatever it is, you're going to have to decide what you're comfortable using, whether a uh, name brand or off, off name brand is, is something you're comfortable with. We talk about young Newell a lot. So if you want to, have our advice or have us be able to help you a lot with it, then, uh, you know, check out the young new old gear, but regardless, it all kind of works the same with regard to that. The one bit of advice though, is don't mix brands. They just, it, you know, it should be standard. It should, it should be something where it doesn't matter what controller you've got or which flash you've got. If you mix brands, that shouldn't matter, but hey, boy, it just tends to, if there's, there's problems. So my recommendation, especially as you're starting out, don't mix brands on flash gear and you'll have, you have a much better chance of, of understanding this and having it work. You just don't want to add that into the mix of another thing you have to try to figure out and understand. Get the same name, the same brand. It doesn't have to be name brands. Get the same brand of controller to flash or transceiver to flash. Get the same stuff and you'll have a lot better success in getting everything to talk together. Also pay attention to some of the things are very specific to camera brands. When you buy a flash or when you buy a controller, you may have to make sure that it's a controller that is made for your camera. I've had experiences where I bought something accidentally that was made for Nikon and it doesn't work on my Canon camera. Um, with some other brands, if you shoot Fuji or Sony or stuff like that, then it's a little trickier because um, oftentimes the, fat, the flash manufacturer will only make something specific for Nikon or Canon and not have it for the others. So you have to kind of research that and see what works and doesn't. But uh, in general, the main advice is just make sure all of your flash gear is the same brand so that it will work together um, or you may have some struggles. All right, that's it. That's what we wanted to talk about with TTL or not to TTL and went into some other flash related stuff. That's it for this episode. Check out the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network, Portrait Sessions, Improved Photography. Great, great podcasts, lots of valuable information. And check out the mothership, of course, improvephotography.com. Head over there, get lots of uh, wonderful content that's coming out daily. And uh, look, just check it out. It, there's, there's really valuable information there all the time. It's the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a permission is reserved. Olay!